It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Welcome to the latest episode of our new podcast, Go Atlanta, from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm the AJC's arts and entertainment editor, Shane Harrison. We're here every Thursday to introduce you to the most interesting people, places, and things to do in and around Atlanta. This is the podcast to get you ready for the weekend. I'm Yvonne Zussel from the AJC's food and dining team, and I'll tell you about a big Atlanta restaurant closure and then a couple of new restaurants on the horizon. I'm Rodney Ho, entertainment reporter at the AJC, and why this is it for Kenny Loggins in terms of touring. And I'll tell you about the legendary R&B and gospel great who will be at the Rialto Center for the Arts downtown this weekend. If you're listening to this podcast on AJC.com, please take a moment to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. This is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We're back on Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Does anybody have plans for Valentine's Day? <laughs> You're funny. That's, that's cute that you even thought that that would be something that I would have. Is yeah. this the cue the crickets point? Is that what, what's going to happen right now? Yeah, I, well, I, I, I say that being in complete agreement because... You don't... I, nothing no, major going on with you? never do anything. It's, it's a Tuesday. It's, it's a... Well, that's part of it. Pretty exciting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I don't know. I feel like Valentine's Day is like a young person's game, you know? Yeah, like when you're true. in the like beginning of your relationship true. and you're still trying to impress each other and like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. To me, it just, it feels like I'm at the... I mean, also I have two little kids, so that probably doesn't help my romance situation but uh yeah but a ton of restaurants have like you know special dinners and special deals so obviously it's still a thing that a lot of people celebrate i guess just not the three of us curmudgeons huh yeah yeah well my (laughs) seven-year-old gets to uh distribute um you know apparently they have to give valentines to everybody in the class Yes, whether they like it or not like they have to give they apparently that's a rule is that you have to you can't Like, uh, only pick the people you like. Right. Yeah. Well, no, because, you know, nobody <laughs> wants to be left out. And it's like, you know, like like Ralph Wiggum, or it's like, I choo choo choose, <laughs> choose you. you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's like a participation award, you know? Like, everybody has to, has to 
get get the love. Feel yeah, the I've, love. I've been goading her to fill out her little cards, and she's only gotten five of them done. So I'm going to have to force her this weekend to finish the other twenty, if eighteen or so. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Vega, get it together. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, my kids also have to fill theirs out. So yeah, not looking forward to forcing that to happen this weekend. <laughs> well, because there are many people who aren't like us and are, are going to do things, we have plenty of stuff online. If you are going out to somewhere for Valentine's Day, yeah. so in or, restaurants, it's a good night. Right. Yeah, or yeah. or you know, need gift ideas. We even have a gift guide. We yeah. have um, well, and and we'll mention uh, chocolates, um, which hey, you know, go buy yourself some chocolate. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> choose you. Celebrate yourself. Right. Choose, choose, choose me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on with our hot topics. First up, the Sweetwater 420 Festival is coming back. But it's coming back in a different spot, right, Rodney? Yeah, the past few years, it's been at Centennial Olympic Park. It's a, been a huge deal. It started really small, and then it went to Candler Park for many years. Um, but it was still a pretty decent-sized uh, festival. Yeah. But they are shrinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's the big shrink. Um, it's unclear... They didn't specify exactly why. They said it in a statement. They didn't talk to us, uh, but they said in a statement that they shrunk it to their brewery. They're going to do it at Sweetwater Brewery on site instead of Centennial Olympic Park for the safety of their patrons, which makes you wonder. Mm. But they didn't discuss the whole gun law issue that right. caused Music Midtown to um, get canceled last year. Right. But I suspect that may have had been a factor in them right. leaving Centennial Olympic Park. But they Park. did make it clear that they will not allow guns yes, on their yeah, property. Yeah, 100%. It's a private property they don't have to worry about any georgia laws regarding their own yeah yeah any private owner can ban yeah right guns it's just in a public park with a temporary permit that would you know it appears maybe they couldn't necessarily enforce that yeah the yeah. footprint of the brewery is much smaller than the yes, park. Yes, it is. It's, it's long and skinny. I visited it last night. It's yeah. like a long stretch of open asphalt parking lot. Mm -hmm. And then they have warehouse space. So they're going to have an indoor stage in the, in the warehouse space. So there's a lot of space, but it's, there's no grass. So it's a different environment. It's not quite what you would have had at Candler Park or Centennial Olympic Park. But I will say, as somebody who has attended a couple of 420 Fests, uh, as it's been raining, it'll be nice to not have mud in case it actually does rain <laughs> <laughs> that weekend. You know, True. that's one nice th part about not having it on grass. But you know. well, and a lot of the people, you know, I in working on this story, I'm we, we haven't made any grass jokes yeah. yet. No, <laughs> right? We, we I noticed <laughs> no that a lot of people complained about like how many people were there last year that mm. it was so crowded. I mean, other people were fine with it, but some people it was just like too much. Well. Probably won't have that issue this year. Yeah, yeah the headliners are significantly less widespread panic level size yeah. acts. Um, yeah. Shaky Graves and Pigeons playing ping pong are the big headliners. Right. And it's a two-day instead of a three-day. So they're doing it on a Saturday and a Sunday, April 22nd, April 23rd. Yeah. And, and I think – I mean, those are those are artists who play – I think I, I think they played – you know, maybe the Roxy or the Tabernacle, mm -hmm. um, Some of the you smaller know, that, venues. that size Mid -size. venue. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not um, sure, they wouldn't tell me what the capacity or how many tickets they could sell on site versus, you know, Centennial Olympic Park, 15, 20,000 easily. I, huge, I just, yeah. I don't know how many thousands. They could certainly sell thousands of tickets, but I don't know how many thousand. Right. Um, I don't know exactly know how they're going to play the capacity issue. Yeah. 
Yeah. And when, when is that happening? Again? April 22nd, April 23rd, which okay. is again, just about six weeks away. Um, typically in the past, they typically, they announce these things four or five months in advance right. so that people can plan, especially, you know, if you're a widespread panic fan and you live in Wisconsin, you want to plan. But in this yeah. case, um, not much planning time. <laughs> If yeah. you're coming from out of town, I don't know. Maybe they're. I think the way they were framing it is that you know we're going back to our roots. Right. So. I'll also be curious to see because uh, I know at previous 420 Fest they've had like food vendors, like they several will. different. You think they still will, even though they have their own kitchen? Uh, they said they will. They will be. I, I don't know okay. about the food options. You're right, but I can't no. imagine they would only have their own food. That yeah, was yeah. a little bit like, too limited. I think yeah. they would have to bring in other people. Mm-hmm. Um, just given even if there were three to five thousand people, they'd have to bring in other vendors yeah. yeah and in the past they've had vendor other types of vendors as well oh, too yeah. at the festival mm-hmm. so Craft i mean people yeah, yeah yeah i imagine you know they, they I, it'll just be a scaled down version of what you know what it has become right but like rodney said it started out you know this small i think it was an oakhurst the first year and then yeah. it spent like a year at the masquerade park when it, when the masquerade was in its old location yep. then it mm-hmm. moved to candler park for many many years mm-hmm. before it jumped to Centennial Olympic Park, right. which was a major leap. And yeah. that's why they were able to afford widespread panic and, you know, some major acts. Right. Uh, Ludacris, I mean, you know, Free McGee. Yeah. Snoop Dogg. Uh, yeah. Snoop didn't show up actually that year. Apparently. Oh, did he not? No, I saw him at oh, 425. Did you see him? I thought he, oh, you yeah. didn't there. there might've been two years he was supposed to be there, but for sure oh, he, he should have been one there. Okay. That may be. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's also Sweetwater's down the street from, it's in that sort of like industrial area, but they're down the street from uh, like Fox Brothers and, uh, or, I mean, it's the commissary kitchen, but I, they have like a the kiosk open there and then there's East Pole Coffee. So, you know, it, I mean. Yeah, the good part about that area, there is nobody who lives there, so they won't have any complaints, I guess, of people. Right. Complaining about the, the, the loud music or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of concerts. Rodney recently went to a big concert that I saw so many people posting about on Facebook. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, yeah he's back for the first time in several years um, for his current tour at age 73. He still has all the energy and, uh, you know, his voice still holds up and he can still do almost three hours without leaving wow. the stage. It was very still impressive. the boss. <laughs> he is. No, no. I mean, there was that big brouhaha over ticket prices last year and the dynamic pricing and... You know, I guess the people who showed up, whoever paid however much they paid, they hopefully enjoyed it. <laughs> hopefully they got their money's worth, even if they paid $1,000. Well, it seemed like from from what I was seeing on social media, everybody really loved it. He still can uh, make the crowd happy. I mean, I haven't seen him since 1989. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I saw him last time he was here. Um, yeah. And it like was the an Tunnel of Love show. tour, even the after Tunnel of it Love. It was. It was the Tunnel of Love tour. Wow. Exactly. By the way, he didn't play a single song from Tunnel of Love. He really focused on the 70s. I mean, he really hmm. he leaned this is in like a on, retrospective. Um, it, was, I, it was a choice clearly he made. You know, yeah. Thunder Road, Rosalita. He played a lot yeah. of the crowd pleasing. Yeah. Well, he kind of has to play the, you know, some, some of, them, of those. Yeah. 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 Freeze out. Of yeah. course. But he hasn't, I mean, this isn't technically a farewell tour, Not right? remotely. No, he did not okay. say that. No. Okay. No, he's, he's still, no, he, he seems he to have. He doesn't seem like the kind. He'll probably, you know, go he's, out. He's got enough stage. gas. Yeah. yeah. He's got, he, right now he still has gas in the tank. I'm shocked no he's doubt. in his seventies. He strikes he me as being a lot younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Good no, he him. still has a lot of energy. Yeah. And, and his yeah. band was wonderful. I mean, yeah, it was very impressive. Yeah. Is the E Street Band? Are there like yes. there's a couple of uh, long time original? Yeah, Neil Laughlin right? and okay. um, you is, know, is Max Stevie Van Zandt? Still? Max is there. Yeah. Yeah. Max okay. was drumming and Stevie Van Zandt. Yeah. yeah, I mean he was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, he had like 
Uh, Patty Scalfa wasn't there for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know what's mm. going on with that. But, you know, people are, of course, asking. I don't know. Speculation. <laughs> I know. Um, I think they've been married for like 30 years, right? Long Something time. like that. Yeah. Yeah. But she, she stayed home, apparently. Yeah. I don't know why. Because yeah. she apparently performed in a couple nights earlier in Tampa. Uh, so I don't huh. I don't know why she didn't show up in Did Atlanta. Did Clarence's nephew wasn't he playing with yes, them? Yes, he was. While? He was great. He is playing. With oh, yes, he, yeah, he continues he to. Okay, he yeah. played with them last time I saw. Oh, him too, he, was he was there. Really good. Yeah. yeah, I think he really brought a jolt to the crowd every time he went yeah. out in front of the stage. Was it what was the crowd like? Was it like mostly older? It was boomer. Yeah, it was boomer. It was at Gen Xers and boomers. <laughs> there were some yeah. younger people there, you know, who were clearly, you know, due to their family, they became Bruce fans. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of people in their 40s and 50s and 60s, I'd say, it was pretty heavily. And, you know, given the cost, too. I'm sure, sure was, yeah, that's well, true. Yeah. Yeah. These are people with a few bucks in their pocket. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, no doubt. Yeah. Well, on to uh, food and dining. And a restaurant is closing. They announced that they were closing uh, this week, Redbird, which um, yes. is it, it's, seems to be yet another fine dining spot going away. And I, yeah. There, there, a lot of that. There's been some national, international conversation about that because of Noma and and which is you know has often been called the best restaurant in the world. And they mentioned the unsustainability of the model of fine mm-hmm. dining. But I mean, we still have fine dining restaurants. But you know, oh, I guess sure. it's just difficult for them. Yeah, I mean, so uh, this is a restaurant located in West Side or West Side Provisions District. It opened in 2019, so not too long before the pandemic started. And it's from Zeb Stevenson. Uh, it's the who, old Bacchanalia space, That's right, right. It's the old Bacchanalia space, yep. And um, Zeb Stevenson used to be the executive chef at Watershed for several years. Yep. And then he and his business partner, Ross Jones, opened Redbird. And he conceived of it as a ingredient-driven restaurant. And that was part of the argument uh, when the they made the announcement about the closure is that, you know, he's like, Redbird is a ingredient-driven restaurant, and right now people have an appetite for concept-driven restaurants. He did not talk to us, so I don't exactly know what he meant by that exactly. Um, I'd like him to elaborate on that. But um, he said that, you know, to to its last day, which is going to be February 19th, that Redbird will be an ingredient-driven restaurant. And he really did, like, work with a lot of local. He sourced everything locally, and Mm -hmm. um, everything was very seasonal. And, yeah, he just said they, you know, they just couldn't make it work. And it's, it's, I think, a blow for sure to the restaurant scene. I mean, it's, he's inventive. He's, you know, I, I think really imaginative in the, dining space and i'm sure he'll be back i'm sure he'll yeah. you know he'll he'll do something locally in the future i mean he's he said he's been working more than half of his life in kitchens um so i can't imagine that you know he isn't going to be back in some form or fashion but uh that's definitely a sad one yeah I, I would be really interested to hear you know elaboration on this ingredient driven versus concept i mean couldn't you be both, I suppose, you know? Yeah, yeah, you would think so. You know, I know I know that they had tried a couple different things, too, during the pandemic. They opened this walk-up window where they offered a biscuit menu, Birdie's Biscuits. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they were doing biscuit sandwiches and different kinds of biscuits. And, you know, I think they were playing with a few different things during the pandemic to try to stay afloat. And they did for a while, but, you know, it just uh, didn't quite work out in the end. And this is actually one of... Uh, several kind of like high-profile closures in that Westside Provisions District in the past like year and a half. Yeah. No, not even about year. Uh, JCT Kitchen closed. 
in like early 2022 mm-hmm. and uh and they had been open for 15 years and then uh yeah Burger closed mm-hmm. after 12 years and uh, shake shack has taken its place so uh yeah you know it's I mean, that's just, good real estate so people will find there'll be other restaurants absolutely to replace them, well, not, it's not going to sit empty yeah exactly well in jct kitchen uh at least as far as i know ford fry who owned jct kitchen is working on a new concept to take over that space um bar blanc and little sparrow uh like a restaurant bar combination mm-hmm. so uh yeah, I'm not sure where they stand on that because it's been over a year since they announced that. But right. uh, but yeah, it definitely, that's a very hot area. But, you know, I think that there are some people, too, that are concerned about a recession and, you know, they don't want to pour more money into something if they don't think it's going to yeah. ultimately it, be financially It does successful. seem like there there have been more, it's like when I see announcements of places opening over in that area, that general area, it feels like they're more casual than, it used to be a real fine dining, con- concentration of fine dining kind of places over there. Yeah. More than casual. Uh-huh. And now it seems like there are more of those being announced. Yeah, I mean, that's true to a certain extent. I mean, there are, but like you have Muho over there, which is, you know, that omakase concept from mm. the Castellucci right. Hospitality Group that is definitely not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Cooks and Soldiers, which is, yeah. you know, a nicer restaurant. Um, but yeah, I would say uh, you're probably right overall. I think, yeah. this, you know, some of the concepts that have been no- announced of late have been a little bit more on the casual side. Yeah. And I know that it's like, was it, uh, was it Nick Melvin who had the, the, uh, the, was it, who was it? The French, there was like a French place that got converted Oh, to yeah. something else. I can't remember. I'm it trying was, to remember. Uh, well, it's now Nick's West Side. Yeah. And it used to be um, Ike's. Ike's and yeah. Tintin. Yeah. And- um, yeah, which it was more of a, it was a little more upscale at one point, And then, you know, it, it sort of morphed into a more casual type thing. Yeah, it's Nick um, Leahy, by the Nick way. Nick Leahy. Like, yeah. I always get Nick Leahy and Nick Melvin mixed up. That's yeah. my fault. Sorry. No, but- Sorry, Nick's. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, yeah, I was Nick like, Leahy. wait, I think that's a different I'm like, Nick. I'm like, yeah, because every time I say that, I think, which one is it? Because, uh, yeah. you know. Well, and they're both, you know, pretty well known. I think they've right. been around a while. And yeah, they, Nick they, Melvin and, does Poco Loco. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I, I see Nick Melvin, like, weekly almost, because I go to Poco you Loco. You love Poco Loco, yeah. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I love Nick Leahy's food, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're both fantastic. But, yeah, that was one I remember. I was a little sad when they, you know, made it more a little more casual because I love, I love good French food and you know, that's something I guess that's going by the wayside a little bit because of it. It tends to be fine dining. Yeah. You know, there's still great stuff, but yeah, it'll be, it'll just be really interesting to see how everything unfolds in the next couple of years. You know, I talked to Richard Tang a couple of weeks ago who owns Char and Girl Diver Mm -hmm. and he was planning on opening. I mean, it had been in the works for years, this arcade theme bar called Press Start in Summerhill. And because of the recession, he's decided to kind of pull back on that. Uh, He's going to focus on opening a second location of Girl Diver. But, you know, he, he said he kind of sees the writing on the wall and doesn't really think that it's a good time to be opening anything that isn't a proven concept. And this, right. you know, this video game bar was definitely a, you know, would have been a little bit of a risk maybe during during this time, this yeah. time of uncertainty. So, yeah. you know, and I just wonder if there are some other restaurateurs who are kind of thinking that same thing, like maybe let's not, yeah, it, 
just let's just give people the casual thing and, you know, focus on that. And then maybe maybe fine dining will kind of come back with a roar in a couple of years. Right. You know? True. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's not I guess it's not really a, a time for for risk taking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are some people who are still willing to do it, but it yeah, it feels a little bit like. Yeah. A little scary, maybe. Yeah. yeah, the cost side is very challenging. Yes. On both ingredients and labor, right? It's a double yes. whammy right now, exactly. as well as real estate. I mean, it's a triple whammy. In a right. Sense. Yeah. And restaurants already operate at a pretty thin profit margin. Right. So, you know, yeah, I think that's it's never been are, an easy, yeah. <laughs> even in the best of times. Yeah. You really have to love it, I think, to get into it. So, well, you know, it hasn't stopped restaurants from opening, which uh, we have a couple of restaurant openings happening. Uh, you'd mentioned that. There's sort of a trend toward hotel restaurants opening in hotels, new 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 spots in hotels, right? Yeah, I mean, this has been happening for the past couple of years, where these like pretty well known chefs are opening restaurants in hotels, yeah. and hotels are really you know wanting to make themselves into dining destinations, not just a place that you come to stay, but maybe even like people can drive to just for dinner or mm -hmm. people locally will eat at in, in addition to tourists. Um, so this most recent announcement is of a restaurant called National Anthem that is set to be opening in the uh, Omni Hotel at the Battery Atlanta. So it's from a, a, a pretty well-known restaurateur in Dallas, and he has a location already of National Anthem in Dallas. So this will be the second location of this restaurant. But it's going to be taking over another restaurant from a well-known restaurateur that closed a couple years ago called Achi's, which was Hugh Atchison's restaurant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all know Hugh Atchison. He's been on Top Chef, a couple of different iterations of that show. He owns Empire State South and a couple of restaurants in Athens. But he also uh, helped open a restaurant in the Candler Hotel called By George, Todd Ginsburg of General Mir, and uh, a couple of other Atlanta restaurants uh, opened Dirty Rascal in a hotel. And so, you know, and, and actually... Um, there was a hotel that recently announced that they are launching a monthly pop-up series and they're going to have a different, it's a rotating thing. And every month they're going to have a different pop-up chef come mm. and serve food out of the hotel. It's cool. a, the Darwin Hotel um, for those who want to check it out. But yeah, so it's it's just interesting to see this move. I think, uh, you know, hotels just really wanting to kind of be known as like cool dining right. spots, you know. Yeah. So National Anthem is definitely part of that trend. Yeah, great. This is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and more. You'll get all of our stories on AJC.com, access to our e-paper, and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. 
That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts so you always know what's really going on. And Rodney has been working on this story on an Atlanta puppy who is going to be in the Puppy Bowl. An Australian Shepherd mix um, named Blue. Yeah. And he is, of course, shockingly super adorable because I don't think... I think it just ranges from cute to amazingly cute yeah. when it comes to the puppy ball. <laughs> right. uh, two o'clock on Sunday, several hours before the Super Bowl. It's on Animal Planet. They're also going to do it on Discovery TBS, and you could watch it live on, I think it's, um, shoot, HBO Max. I think oh, that's okay. what it is. Is that right? <laughs> think so. Yes. Anyway, so many streaming services, I have to like remember these things. Um, you have to give credit to Bianca Gaynor. She works for a small group in Bankhead called Forever I Love Atlanta. She hooked up with a group that called CARE that focuses on animal rescue and people of color because they felt like, you know, right. I think because so many people in the rescue community are white. So yeah. they're trying to bring in more minorities into, into the fold. So Blue is, uh, you know, came from Bianca. That's uh, awesome. From that neighborhood. Yeah. And, and of course the dog, you know, the, this this puppy bull was shot in early October in New York. Hmm. So the puppy is actually probably six months old now and has already been adopted. Right. So I think all these puppies have probably been adopted at right. this point. So they're all rescues. Yeah, they okay. are yeah. of various sorts. Yeah, Yeah, I think they've always sort of done that. Um, it's like 120 of them at the end. And wow. it's, 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 it's I, yeah, it's, it's, I guess, organized chaos is usually what. Do they, do they have to like audition or are they? Like, I don't know. I think, I think they pick them out and then they just stick them in the field. Yeah, obviously this is all goofball football yeah. it's you know if you've ever watched it it's, it's really <laughs> heavily edited because obviously they probably have to shoot hours of footage and right. just try and make yeah. it look vaguely coherent <laughs> at the end yeah where do they film in new york oh, okay so all the puppies travel yeah, to they, new york yeah exactly put up in the finest hotels <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> champagne yeah uh, filet you know, mignon of course, and, yeah. of course yeah. <laughs> well it's always actually about the only thing I like about the Super Bowl. So, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Eat your not heart about Rihanna. Yeah, yeah, not psyched about Rihanna, are you? Uh, well, I mean, you know. I, 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 the thing is, I would will probably watch that afterwards. You the know? halftime show? Yeah. 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 Makes sense. It's like, I, I don't. You don't even watch for the commercials? No. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. That's the great thing about the internet. Yeah, you it's can like, watch those commercials now. A lot exactly. of them already come out before the actual Super Bowl nowadays. Yeah. yeah. And and I can watch them before. I can watch them after. Yeah. And, and there, you know, there are websites that collect them all. Like USA Today always yeah. has like yeah. a... An ad meter and you there's can, just yeah. something to there's something about oh, it's a communal thing them. if you choose yeah, to. Yeah, while you're eating wings and you know Yeah, that's why know. people do it. Yeah, they don't care yeah. about the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles is a huge proportion Well, unless of you're in Philadelphia care. or Kansas City. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, hey, I have no problem with the wings and pizza. That 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 I am <laughs> down with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the puppy part. bowl, the wings, the pizza, you know, maybe Rihanna, uh, but you know. Not, not I think necessary. Chris Stapleton is doing the national anthem. So oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Super Bowl, it's happening uh, this Sunday for those of you who want to uh, watch, and uh, those <laughs> who you don't, just go watch the Puppy Bowl and you know eat your wings and pizza then. So. <laughs> 
Also, Rodney just got a story about Kenny Loggins announcing his final tour. Yeah, if you want to get loose, footloose, this is your chance. Um, He's coming to uh, Ameris Amphitheater on May 13th. And uh, tickets, um, public tickets go on sale on Friday. So, uh, you know, obviously there have been pre-sale tickets. I never know how many pre-sale tickets are actually sold. It's always very, very fuzzy how that all works Uh out. But How uh, old is he? He's in his 70s, He's in his early 70s. He didn't say, this is not health-related. He just said he's just ready to, you know... Yeah, because touring can be hard. I mean, it's yeah, he's, he's got to take. I, I, I think he, like the B fifty two, so he'll probably do one offs. He might do residencies. Yeah. So this doesn't mean he's not going to ever be seen again on a on a you know anywhere. But uh, so he's he, not taking a page out of the Bruce Springsteen tour until I die <laughs> playbook. No, no, I think he's ready. I, yeah. That's what he said. And, oh, he's who knows? He may, he, yeah, yeah. You, know, yeah. you know, he could change his mind. Who knows? And you know, and it's it's not like some pe- some people who have to stay on the road forever because they don't have songwriting royalties. He has plenty of those, I'm sure. So. Oh yeah. Especially with yeah. the new uh, Top Gun that came out a couple years oh, he ago. Got a, he got a little bonus for Danger Zone, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And probably just like a renewed interest in the, you know, in the music from the original. I oh, guess. you know, and uh, Yacht Rock is certainly, um, you know, the whole rise of Yacht Rock has helped Kenny Loggins big time. Yeah, in, fact, you... he, in fact, the opener for will be Yacht Rock Review. Really? Yeah, he's making them the opener. Just for the Atlanta stuff? No, for, for multiple days. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow, good for them. Okay. So, and you just were talking about Yacht Rock last week, uh, the right. documentary on Apple TV. That's right. That uh, And you have that story up on that, too. But, Paramount yeah. Plus. Again, I can't remember any of these streaming services, but it is Paramount Plus. Oh, it's yes. Paramount. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's true. It really is. getting confusing. wrong. It's confusing. I know. it's confusing how many streaming services are. And I have to keep track of this, and I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, another thing we've got new this week, it's coming up in Go Guide, is a food and drink tour of Athens, which is great info for people who aren't there too often and, and, you know, happen to be visiting. Yeah. Is it like a a full day type of affair? A multi-day? I mean, it could be, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it focuses on food and drink establishments, but, you know, he also mentions the uh, Athens Music Walk of Fame. Um, or I think it's just Athens Walk of Fame. It's it's all sorts of famous people from Athens. I think Titus Burgess was just inducted on there. Mm, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, a couple of other famous Athens people. Obviously, Athens is known for music, but um, so there are some of those people on there too. But but then there's also a, an Athens beer trail that was established a couple of years ago as I think it's kind of a marketing thing, but really, I mean, there are a lot of breweries in Athens mm-hmm. <laughs> for being such a small town. And so there's this guy now who does trolley tours of all the different breweries in Athens, take you takes you from brewery to brewery. And then uh, there are, it's kind of really become a dining destination. Uh, so we talked about Hugh Atchison before. I mean, he sort right. of started out in Athens um, with 5 and 10, and he has the National. But then uh, Jerry and Krista Slater, who, you know, are really pretty well known on the, on the dining scene in Atlanta. They owned H. Harper Station back in the day, which is now Muchacho on Memorial, um, and they've been involved in opening a lot of other restaurants. Uh, they own a couple places in Athens. The Expat is one that is doing really well. They also have a steakhouse, and they own a wine shop all in Athens. And uh, so, yeah, it's really kind of become like a destination. And it's not far. I mean, it's an hour and a half drive, if that, without traffic from Atlanta. So it's definitely worth checking out, especially if 
you know, you haven't been for a while. It's just, it's yeah. a lot different now than it was even a few years oh, yeah. ago. So where do you find tickets if you wanted to do this or the, the tour? Or is there a specific tour or is it oh, just, the, just a general? the trolley tour is just for the breweries. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and actually the... Uh, you can find all the links to all of these things that we, you know, that are talked about in the in the story that'll gotcha. be online Thursday, and then in print on Friday. In the yeah, Go Guide. it's in the Go Guide on Friday, and uh, yeah, so check that out if you uh, have any plans to head toward Athens. Uh, we'll give you all these options of of places to eat, places to drink, things to do. It's not just a college town anymore. That's right. <laughs> and I also wanted to mention that uh, we have an interview with Mavis Staples who. Uh, if you don't know Mavis Staples, um, you should. But <laughs> um, she's just she is a legend with her family as the Staple Singers. Back in the seventies, they had some great hits. Uh, Respect yourself. I'll take um, you there. Yeah, I'll take you there. Exactly. Those songs are just timeless, and uh, you know she's still going strong. She recorded with uh, Jeff Tweedy a yeah. few years ago, mm-hmm. and that she was did. a great. That was a great output, I feel like. I loved the songs from that. Yeah, it was. That's how I discovered her. (laughs) Yeah, and and, I mean, she's been doing this. She's... She actually started her career in 1954. Wow! So and that's that's pretty amazing. And um, uh, one of our freelancers, Phil Clore, got an interview with her. Uh, unfortunately, it was an email interview, which we normally say mm, no, because <laughs> you don't really get to the interaction and all that. But it turned out so much better than I expected because uh, her answers were very thoughtful and mm. um, and you know she's it, just her her warmth and and her greatness just comes across no matter what. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Mavis Staples. She's going to be at the Rialto Center for the Arts. That's at Georgia State University. That's February 11th. That's Saturday at eight o'clock. So you can check out the Rialto's site to uh, get tickets there. And we mentioned at the top uh, that uh, it's Valentine's Day almost. So we'll have something about where to get some chocolate, right? Yeah, there are a lot of places actually to get chocolate (laughs) around Atlanta. And then there are also like a lot of people who started kind of popping up during the pandemic who, you know, kind of it's it's like a little cottage industry uh, doing, you know, chocolates on the side. And, uh, you know, they're offering uh, a lot of stuff for Valentine's Day also. Chamberlain's Chocolate has been around since 1986. They're located in Roswell. They're always a good go-to. And then there's Cacao Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. And they do, you know, pretty high-end stuff if you're looking to, like, impress your your date or yourself, as we yeah, as we discussed yeah. earlier. Buy yourself some chocolate. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll have an updated list of the best places to buy chocolate for Valentine's Day and beyond cool. uh, online today and, again, in Go Guide. Or no, not in Go Guide. It'll be in Living. Yeah, I think it's uh, on well, Saturday, right? Well, we're hoping it'll be in Living. We, we never know. <laughs> We never know what You can find it online, if nothing else. You can definitely find it online. (laughs) Head to AJC.com and, uh, you know, get your chocolate on. Uh, And also, it's Black History Month, so we will update our list of Black-owned restaurants. Yeah, we have a list, an ongoing list that we started a couple years ago of more than 300 Black-owned restaurants, food businesses, catering businesses, uh, just food makers. And yeah, so we're uh, in the midst of updating that. But I mean, it's pretty incredible to see the number of Black-owned businesses that you can patronize. Again, you know, Black History Month and and hopefully beyond as well. Yeah, so. Awesome. All right. Well, as if that wasn't enough for you to do, uh, we're going to each tell you one fun thing that's happening 
over the course of the next week. And I'm going to start out with a comedy show, an improv show. Uh, Mark Evan Jackson, who you may know from The Good Place. Love him. Yeah. He's, he's terrific, The Good Place. Yeah, he was the head of the bad night. place. Right. Yes, he was the head of the bad place on The Good Place. Um, so, yeah, he he's great. And he is coming to town with uh, some folks from uh, former dad's garage folks, mostly. And uh, John Carr, who used to be the artistic director, I think, sort of put this together. Is he at Second City now? Um, or? He, he was. I'm not sure. I can't recall if he still is at the moment, but he started this vaguely specific productions, which is bringing Mark Evan Jackson to town. Does he have an Atlanta tie, Mark Evan Jackson? No, I don't believe he does. Okay, so he's just coming Um, for the show. Yeah, he's coming for the show. And I mean, I think he's he's worked with a lot of the folks who who will be there. Amber Nash among them, who I I adore. Love her, yeah. yeah, From Archer. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, Pam Poovey is the the best. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, and and, uh, so you can check out the story at AJC.com. Uh, the interviews with with Mark Evan Jackson and a couple of the other folks who are involved. That's on Saturday, February 11th. And what do you have for us, Yvonne? I have another Valentine's-adjacent event. This is uh, specifically for Galentine's Day. If you want to grab your your gals and uh, head over to Kima uh, on Piedmont, uh, they are offering a Galentine's Day menu. Uh, It's five curated courses, also includes a champagne toast to start the evening off. Uh, It's $35 a person, and it runs through February 13th. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal for for five Five courses. Yeah, I don't know how big the courses are, but but still, even if they're they're small, there are five of them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's just a good excuse to get friends together to celebrate. Awesome. So, uh, Rodney, what have you got? Oh, the woman who is caught up in the rapture, sweet love and all that fun stuff. Anita Baker is going to be at State Farm Arena on Valentine's Day. Talk about smart marketing. Yeah. And shockingly sold out. So if you're going to try and get tickets at this late a date, it's going to start at about $158 on StubHub. So, And that's the nosebleed seats for Anita. Uh, We're talking about a lot of like old kind of veteran musicians oh, yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> and he was a little younger than Marvis. I made this time, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, but Bruce Springsteen, Kenny Loggins. I That's mean, Anita's true. probably, what, in her 60s? Probably in her 60s, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you know, so. it's just impressive. That's all I'll say. It's still at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and it is the perfect thing for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, in this week's Go Guide, as we already mentioned before, uh, we'll take a food and drink tour of Athens. And in Sunday's Living and Arts section, uh, you can read the story of a group of enslaved Africans who rebelled in 1803 on the coast of Georgia, choosing death over bondage at a place now known as Ebo Landing. And we'll also have a preview of the upcoming Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater performance at the Fox and a story on the return of the Atlanta Open Orthographic Meet, uh, which is a spelling bee for grown-ups. And now it's time for our pet of the week. Ichigo, which is Japanese for strawberry. His name suits him, they say. Uh, He is a sweet boy. He's medium-high energy and has the cutest zoomies. He loves toys, and he also takes treats well. His foster family has given him rave reviews. He's not only potty trained and loving, he gets along well with kids and already knows sit and will happily learn more with a few of his favorite treats. All he needs now is to find his forever home. 
To find out how you can adopt Ichigo, email adoptions at FultonAnimalServices.com or head to his shelter page, which you'll find on the story page for this podcast on AJC.com, along with a photo of Ichigo. Thanks for listening to Go Atlanta. We release new episodes every Thursday morning to keep you in the loop of all the great things Atlanta has to offer, whether it involves planning an outing or just giving you something to talk about with friends and family. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Thanks as always to Rodney Ho. I'm all right. <laughs> Sorry. Is that a and, Kenny Loggins song? Yes, it is. Sorry. And to Yvonne Zussel. I choo-choo-choose you, Shane. <laughs> and I am Shane Harrison. Thanks for listening to our brand new podcast. We'll talk to you again next week for more ways to go Atlanta. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.